Well, good morning, ICC family, those who have joined us here at uh, 721 North Parkway, those who are joining us online, we are so thankful that you have chosen to join us today. I want to pray for us as we uh, begin our time together in God's Word. Father, thank you um, for just your grace that we have just proclaimed. Lord, you are a great God. And Lord, together today, it is our heart, Lord, to, to see you for who you are, to know you more. God, we know that this is eternal life, that we might know you, the true and living God, and Jesus, your Son, who you sent to be our Savior. Oh God, our hearts this week, um, we just need you. We need your presence. We need your peace. God, we thank you for the good news of your gospel, Lord, that uh, you have done from start to finish, everything needs us to bring us back into right relationship with you, Lord, and all of your promises are yes and amen in our Savior, Jesus. And Lord, we live in hope for a day that is coming that you will bring full restoration to all things. And Lord, how are our hearts long for you, more of you, and how our hearts long to see the fulfillment of all that you have promised. We eagerly wait on you and draw strength from you, Lord, as we do. God, we thank you for just your grace and, Lord, that you keep giving and giving and giving of yourself. And, God, I just pray your grace today, Lord, for everyone who is worshiping with us. Lord, you know hearts, you know lives, you know circumstances, you know what's going on in the deepest places of who we are and what we're experiencing. And, Lord, you have grace and help in our time of need. And so, God, we pray that you would minister to us out of your finished work on the cross of Christ and, Lord, out of your abundant grace that you give freely for those who turn from self to trust in you. And I pray, God, today for your, your wonderful ministry in ways that I could never give, Lord, you can give, and we just pray for that today. God, as we open your word, we pray you'd speak to us. Help us to know who you are. Help us to know what you're doing. Help us to know the big story of, of why you created the world. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's great to see everybody this morning. I'm Barrett Bowden, lead pastor of ICC, and you're probably wondering, who is this guy, this guy? <laughs> sitting up here with Barrett today? And I'm wondering the same thing. I think he snuck up here. No, in actuality, this is a dear friend and uh, I could say mentor. I could say uh, one who has just blessed our church in so many ways. It's been a blessing to so many churches around this area and, and even beyond. But What's your name? David Frazier. David Frazier. Thank you for letting me be here this month, actually. So I, I help out with global missions here at ICC. I've been, I help those that are heading on the field, helping put together the missions program pathway that we're going to be talking about. So yeah. I'm glad to be here. My yeah. wife, Vicki, is in the back. We will not put the camera on her, <laughs> but I'm well, glad to be here. We're glad you're here. David and I are going to be teaching all month long, you guys. Uh, Today, if you haven't heard already, and you should have heard because we've been talking about it for the last month at least or more in our communications, but today is our kickoff of Global Missions Month. Is anybody excited? Anybody here? Yes. Anybody online? Yeah? Um, we take the month of January every year to focus on who God is and His heart for the nations. And today kicks off our emphasis in that uh, for this year, 2021. And this year, what we're going to be doing is we are going to be actually spending a whole month talking about global missions on Sundays here at ICC and also in life groups. So if you're not in community in life groups, I would encourage you to make sure you get connected by the end of today because you'll have an opportunity to, to really have a full experience doing worship with us on Sundays and also uh, joining in community and life groups. But we're going to be focusing on that over the next four weeks, and it's going to be great. Here's what we say as a church. We have a missional mindset. It's one of our core measures. And if you've got something to take notes today, you're going to want to take notes. I would ask that you please do, whether it's on your phone or something that you can write with, uh, because we're going to be giving you a lot today, more than you can remember just if you don't take notes. And my encouragement to you would be, journey along with us in God's Word so that you can uh, not just be here, but a doer of God's Word and be a discipler of others and also really go deeper in community. But here at ICC, one of our core measures of those uh, who follow Jesus, what do, what do we say? It's a missional mindset. Mm -hmm. And a missional mindset means this. It's a clear calling and an active involvement to live to see the gospel spread and churches planted at home and around the world. 
Okay, I'll read it again because I know some of you are writing it. Hopefully all of us are writing it down. One of our core measures of those who are authentic disciples of Jesus. In other words, one of the things that we will see from your life, if you really know the Lord and walk with the Lord and mature in your relationship with the Lord, is this, a growing missional mindset. What is it? It's a clear calling and it's active involvement to live to see the gospel spread and churches planted at home and around the world. All right? So typically we do a big um, event and we talk about global missions, uh, but because of COVID-19 and all that's going on this year, we're just going to be using our Sundays because we want to include as many as possible online and here in person. And so what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks is really unpacking more from the Scripture of what this missional mindset is all about. Now, any of you guys seen the news this week here in America? There's been a lot going on, right? Some of you guys might have wondered, um, why is it that here we are in the midst of all that's going on in America, that we're not just focusing on what we need here in America. Mm. Um, I hear all the time from people as we emphasize global missions, people will say, well, wait a second, there's so much to do here at home. Why are we talking about all that needs to be done overseas? And here's what I tell you. It is not either or, but rather it is both and. It's not that we have to choose between our care and concern for things happening locally here in Memphis or in America, and then things that are happening globally as if there's a dichotomy between them, and we have to choose where we're going to emphasize in terms of God and His character and His heart, in terms of His purposes, in terms of our church's involvement. It's not an either-or thing. It's a both-and thing. We are to care about Yes, what is happening here in Memphis. Yes, what is happening in the United States. But also, we are to have a bigger heart than that. We also, at the same time, can care about God and His heart for the world and what is happening all over the world. And so by emphasizing global missions today and in the coming weeks, it's not that we're turning a blind eye to the concerns here at home. We have a ministry that cares very much about what's happening here in Memphis and in our country. But we also do not want to turn a blind eye to what is happening in the bigger picture of the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not an either-or thing. And one of the things I've cared to disciple our church and David, I get excited about this, I need, I need to calm down. <laughs> but I've, I've heard this over and over and over. And one of the things I care so much about is that we not feel forced to choose one or the other, right. that we can go both at the same time. So right. that's why we're, we're continuing on today, and I'm really excited about it, and I believe we'll be helped. All right. Well, then we need to look at our, our theme. Yeah. What's our hope and our theme for this year? And it is that, I mean, this year's uh, month we're doing is that they may know. And you may say, who are they and what may they know? So let's look at the passage, Psalm 67. Got Open your Bibles. Your Bibles. Psalm 67. Um, this is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. I think it's super powerful. David really got what God's heart was about. He says, may God be gracious to us. And bless us. We all know that verse and we love it. God bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Who wouldn't want to pray that? May he shine upon our church, upon my life and my work. But why? That your way, Lord, may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So this is going to be our theme. So you heard it in scripture just before. Uh, you've now, you've seen it in a video. It's going to be the anchor for us during this month. Basically, it's God's heart and it's the heart of our church is that we are blessed. Why? To be a blessing. That they, who are they? All peoples. Now we see this word nations, that all the nations may know, all the peoples. We're going to unpack that throughout this whole month. So that's our our yeah. hope and our theme. So if you're looking for why our theme is that they may know, it's right here from this verse, that mm -hmm. your way may be known on earth, that they may know, okay? Yep. So if you're looking for a title of today's message, it's this, okay? Why we go. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Today we're going to be focused on why we go. And the reason is, um, the, the core theme of today's message is we are blessed to be a blessing. All right? So if you're writing down and you want a, a kind of a title for today or a summary of today, it's Why We Go, Blessed to Be a Blessing. And what we're going to be doing is talking about the bigger story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
often when we read the Bible, you guys probably know this, there's 66 books in the Bible, and often when you open the Bible and you just kind of jump in or you let the wind just blow the pages open and you just, you know, start reading, you, you might go, what in the world is this about? And just like sometimes you get into a conversation and you walk up and you come in midway and you have no idea what you're talking about, you make a fool of yourself because you don't know what's actually been happening. Anybody ever done that? Same can be true when we start reading the Bible. And unfortunately, sometimes the organization of the Scripture is not the most helpful for us to understand the start-to-finish narrative. You can get it, but it takes some study. But the reality is there is a context, David. When we, look, when we open the Bible, when you jump into any particular passage, there's a context that a that passage story. is in. Yep. So the questions we're going to be asking today is, what is the bigger story? Mm-hmm. What is the bigger purpose? What is the bigger context? And we're going to be looking at a 30,000-foot perspective, particularly today of the Old Testament, and kind of trying to draw out, David, like, what is that that narrative Mm -hmm. that holds this whole thing together? What's the big picture of what God is doing? So So let's look at the core truth for today. And once again, you might write this down, but here's the core truth. There's a global thread that's tying the whole book together. That's why we call it a thread. A global thread running throughout Scripture that is revealing God's grand story of all things. And this is that thread, that the nations know the Lord and be glad in his salvation. If you're wondering what's the thread that's holding all the Old Testament and New Testament together, maybe when you were young, you just thought missions started in the New Testament. You know, Jesus says, go out and make disciples. We hope you leave today seeing this core truth that there's a thread running from Genesis all the way through the Old Testament even and to the end of the book. So that's our yeah. core truth. Yeah. And I hope everybody's had a chance to write it down. Go ahead. And we're going to now take you through the Old Testament, and we're going to try <laughs> to get through as many of these passages as we can. Y'all good for a few hours? And, everybody cool? Um, <laughs> Just kidding. We've got a lot to read through, so we're going to start right in Genesis. Yeah. Garrett. So what we're going to do here is we're going to be walking through a lot of Scripture. Now, f- for those of you who are going to feel like um, you're drinking out of a fire hose, Here's what I'd encourage you to do. All you need to do is write down the references this morning, okay? What I would encourage you to do is just write down the references of the scriptures we're going to go through so that later you can go back and look at them. You can also, underneath the references, write down any notes that you hear from God's Word as we go through them. But we're going to start in Genesis this morning with a familiar passage in Genesis chapter 12. I would encourage you, you may have trouble flipping to all of these. You're welcome to just pay attention to the screen. I promise you, all we have done is just expose God's Word, so it's just verbatim what God's Word says. So by looking here, you are looking at God's Word, and uh, just because of the sheer volume today, that may be helpful. So Genesis 12, many of us know the story of Abraham, right? When Abraham was called out by God, and Abraham responded to God by faith. And really what we know is Abraham's response to God's promise was essentially the formation of a family that would become Israel, the the nation of Israel. But if you look at God's original promise to Abram, something we often overlook here, the Lord said to Abram, I will make of you a great nation, okay? He's coming to Abram and he's saying, I'm going to bless you. I will bless you and make your name great, right? But why? But But the thing that we want to show you here is from the beginning of the call of Abram, God is pouring out blessing so that, he says to Abraham, you will be what? What does he say? So that you will be a blessing. A blessing to who? So that in all of the families of the earth, they shall be blessed through you. So from the beginning, as God is beginning a work of, of redemption out of the brokenness of the world, God is beginning a a new work of redemption, and He's using Abraham to be a part of it. He says, Abraham, I'm coming that you might receive my blessing, but I want you to know that this blessing is attached to your understanding that I'm blessing you, that you might in turn be a blessing. And there's a particular thing I have in mind, Abraham, that blessing that I want you to be is going to be a blessing that is not just for your own people, but for all peoples of the earth. Do you see it? So if you haven't written down the phrase already, it's blessed to be a blessing. You've got to see this. We're going to be talking about it all through the Bible, but over and over and over, blessed to be a blessing. And you know, Barrett, I think that passage ties the whole Bible together Yeah. because Paul refers to it in Galatians that we are part of that blessing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pop through so many different books of the Bible well, here. So let's... What's cool is Galatians 3.14, <laughs> I'll go ahead and read it to you. It's, uh, I mean, because the Abrahamic covenant is huge. 
So the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, right down the reference, Galatians 3, chapter 3, verse 14. It says, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham has come upon the nations that we might receive the promised spirit. There it is. So, in other words, the fulfillment of this original blessing had came in Christ, and ultimately it reached its purpose end, which was to extend redemption to all peoples. So when did global missions begin? It began in Genesis 12. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. Now we're going to look at Exodus. Let's throw some Exodus passage here in chapter 5. So Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, you know the great story of the Exodus. If you don't, it's one of the great dramas of the Bible. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh? that I should obey his voice and let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. So you see, this is a wonderful opportunity. Basically, God is saying, oh, you don't know who I am. And God says, let me introduce myself to you. Because, you know, Egypt knew about basically their local deities. Egypt had a lot of gods. And so basically he's going, I don't know this God. Who is he? Which one is he? And God is basically about to show him, I'm the God. I'm the big one. And he's not only going to show Egypt, he's going to show the whole world. So let's go. I think we're going to look at another passage here. Um, This is in Exodus 9. This is also one of my other favorites. And this time I will send, this is God talking, all my plagues, you know about the 10 plagues, on you yourself, Pharaoh, and on your servants and your people. Why? so that you may know that there is none like me on the earth. You're going to know I'm the number one God of the universe. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. What is God saying? I could have taken you out. You're nothing. I'm the great Pharaoh. Look at all that I've built. You're nothing. Let me tell you why I left you there. But for this purpose I have raised you up, to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Is that incredible? So he's basically saying, I'm about to do something here in Egypt, and the old world, the whole world is going to hear about it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's, what, that's why this is a global story. We all go, oh, that's just Exodus. That's the Old Testament. That's about Israel. Does that have anything to do with us? We're beginning to see right now that God was using Israel. He's using Egypt. He's using all these events to reach the whole world. Yeah. And through that great redemption that we see God bring to the Israelites out of Egypt, God wanted to show himself as a God of redemption, but for more than just Israel, for all the nations. And that's exactly what we see. Um, And it's interesting, David, because if you look at chapter 12, another reference you can write down is chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 33, and also in verse 38. What you see is after the redemption, right? After God brought, he's bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. What do you see here? says the Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out in haste, and a mixed multitude also went with them. It's working. So in other words, <laughs> even there in the redemption, we all think about, okay, Israel's coming out of Egypt, and God's rescuing, redeeming these people for himself. But among Israel, it says a mixed multitude. What is it talking about here? It's talking about there are some people who recognized God as the true God, the only true God, and they went along with the Israelites with them. So even here in the Exodus uh, redemption story, we see God rescuing people for himself of more than just Abraham's family. It's about the nations. Exactly. And his purpose is accomplished, even beginning Another here. verse in Exodus we'll look at in chapter 34. And he said, behold, I'm making a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels. God says, I'm about to do these amazing things such as not have been created in all the earth or in any nation. I'm about to do something the world has never seen. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do. This is God's great drama. Go read the book of Exodus. And it's God introducing himself, not just to Israel, not just to Egypt, but to the whole world. And it's very important that you understand. Uh, I worked in the Middle East for many years, and, and often they think the Old Testament is just about the Jews. It's about Israel. Why do we have to read it? Isn't that why we call it the Old Testament? We're done with it. No. 
we need to see this global thread running through it, that God's heart has always been not just about Israel, but to use Israel to gather the nations. So it's in the Old Testament, it's a come and see what God is doing. Yeah. And he's going to do these amazing things. Yeah. All right. Y'all ready to turn the corner to a new book? Let's go to Leviticus. All right. Leviticus is a book that many of us know as a book of the giving of many laws, all right? So God is basically, in Exodus, giving the Ten Commandments, Leviticus, He gives a lot of more detailed instructions about how He wants His people to live in relationship with Him and with one another. So if you get to Leviticus, y'all write down the reference, chapter 19, verse 34. Chapter 19, verse 34. If you're willing, I'd love for you to read this with me, all right? Here we go. You shall treat, what does it say? The stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. Wow. So from the beginning, when God is giving his most basic set of instructions to his people, which we ought to listen to today, because it shows God's heart and shows God's ways and his desires for us as his people. He says, from the beginning, you shall, basic command, I want you to treat those who are not of your group, of your ethnicity, of your nation, the sojourner, right? I want you to treat those who sojourn with you just as your own people. And I want you to love them as you love yourself. Do you, do you hear the heart of God here? God is revealing His heart for all peoples. Yep. It's not just, I, I love you, Israel, 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 Israel. It's just all about you, Israel. Yes, He does love Israel, but it's so much more than Israel. God loves all peoples. And I want to say something to you here. God is adamantly against any kind of form of radical nationalism. God could not be more opposed to you than if your heart is caught up in radical nationalism. That is not God's heart. God's heart is a heart of love for all people. And he asked his people to not be radical nationalists. He asked his people to have his heart. And his heart is a heart of love for all people. Amen. God loves strangers. God loves sojourners. God loves aliens living among his people. Mm -hmm. His desire was for us not to be a mono-ethnic people, but a multi-ethnic people. Let me say that again. The picture from the beginning to the end of the Bible. We will be in heaven one day and we will see it in full. But God's desire is for us to be a multi-ethnic people. In other words, to represent all peoples and His love for them and all peoples in their praise of who He is. God is not ethnocentric. And we ought not to be ethnocentric either. The basic command here in Leviticus, do not be ethnocentric. Be global-centric. Be focused on a global God. And be committed to bringing global worship to our global God. Preach it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. No, you're not. But, but David, this I is... mean, in our day today, Oof. how important it is for us to remember that as believers, we are to be the, of the tribe of God. <laughs> our kingdom is not the kingdom of this world. And we've got to think and feel and act in the way that God thinks and feels. And he we, is a global And when God. we get so, off, we have to go back to God's Word. Yeah. This isn't our opinions. This isn't just our ideas. So let's jump over to another book, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Look at this amazing path. And this is just, we're, you're going to go, David, are we seeing the same point in every book of the Bible? Yeah. You got it. And the Lord will establish you as a people holy to Himself, a special people. Okay, definitely Israel is special. He has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways, you'll be this special people. But look at this. Israel, don't miss this. And we can't miss it. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and that they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your ground. You know what God is saying? I'm going to bless the socks off you, Israel. <laughs> the whole world is going to hear about this amazing blessing. And in the Old Testament, it was this physical blessing. Mm. You see what he's saying? He's saying in your womb, in their livestock, in your, their crops were going to be amazing. And the whole world was going to be like, have you heard about this people? These, these 
people of Israel, what is going on there? What's their secret? We need to go get their recipes for success. And Israel was supposed to go, not us. It's not about us. It's about our God, Yahweh. Hmm. And he's right there in the tabernacle. And you see the glory. That's what they were supposed to do. The people of the earth were supposed to come and see. So if you want to know what missions is in the Old Testament, it's God blessing a people, putting them so much up on a hill, in a sense, that the whole world was going to hear about them, come and go, what's your secret? It's not us. We're, we're nobody. Yeah. We're small. We're actually a stubborn, stiff-necked people. Read about us. <laughs> but our God is amazing. Our God is redeeming. And join us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that's Deuteronomy. Blessed to be a blessing. All right. If we go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, which is a few chapters back from this, but Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 19 what you see here is another command similar to what we saw in Leviticus, in case you're just thinking that, you know, we cherry-picked that one and made something out of it that it's not. No, it's all over the Bible. Deuteronomy 10 says this, love the sojourner, therefore. Look at this, for you were sojourners in Egypt. You know, the question is, why do we see commands like this in the Bible? And the reason, you know, a lot of people ask today, you know, who is it that cares for the vulnerable? Who is it that speaks for the voiceless? Who is it that has a heart for the fatherless? Who is it that is to care for the refugees that are among us? And the reality is, God cares. And as the people of God, we ought to care. He says, don't you understand this is who I've called you to be? The world is to know me by knowing you. I'm blessing you that you might see the vulnerable, that you might speak for the voiceless, that you might hear the fatherless, that you might care for the refugee. Because don't you see that this was you before me? Don't you understand that like you were without a family until I adopted you in? Like you were vulnerable and voiceless until I came and, and, and advocated for you. I came and worked mightily on your behalf. Don't you see that this was you? And if you can connect the gospel reality into our own lives, then you can understand part of extending gospel reality is caring about those in these categories. And he says, don't you ever become so selfish, so small-minded, so ethnocentric that you forget about who I am and what I've done for you. I want you to live to extend it so that all people, not just your own people, but mm. that all people might know who I am. Yeah. So it's all over, David. It is. And we're going to jump to another book. You ready? Let's go to Joshua. Um, this is another Joshua, one. Joshua, did he fight... This old song I used to sing, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Well, we're in Jericho, Jericho here, Barrett. Here it is. And this is a really fun passage. Stay with us here because you're going to see it's working. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly as spies saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of Rahab and they lodged there. She came up to them on the roof and said to these men, look at this, I know that the Lord capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh, okay, has given you the land. We already know. We're busted. We're done. Look at this. And that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Next slide. We're going to keep reading this. This is a longer passage. For we have heard. So listen, guys, no internet, no newspapers, what? no social media. How did, they, the, how did they talk to each other? They talked, Barrett. They actually just did a lot of talking. I don't even know how you would have a friend if you didn't have Facebook. <laughs> and we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. Remember when God said, I'm going to do these miracles so that the whole world may know? Look at this. Have you ever seen this passage? This is at work. And, and let me tell you, Jericho and Egypt are far away. But we've already heard it. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, we've already heard it. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. Oh, my goodness. Who were these people? And she didn't just say, you guys have an amazing military strategy. She's, basically, she's saying, <laughs> we know what your God has done. Yeah. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, we've got a God here, and we've just had to build big walls, and that's all we've got. He is God in the heavens above and on earth beneath. So yeah. it's working, Barrett. Yeah. So Rahab, not even an Israelite, 
right. is hearing and believing and joining. And that's what God said. I want all the nations to hear, and they've heard. You know what's really cool? I just thought about mm-hmm. Matthew 1. This is not in our notes, but Matthew 1. Guess who is in the genealogy of Jesus? Rahab. Rahab. A non-Israelite in the genealogy of our Savior Jesus. And is it not to show that God's heart is for more than just Israel? It's for all. It's I, all in I there. believe it's part it's of it. It's all in there. It's part of it. All right, all right. 1 Samuel. We've got to move on. Book. A story many of you probably never, ever heard about. Uh, David and Goliath, it's a very obscure little story in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. Most of us know the story of David and Goliath, but we get it probably all wrong. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 and 46. You know the story, little young guy, just tended to the sheep. He's out there looking at this battle, and he's frustrated because his own people aren't standing up for the Lord. They're cowering in fear instead of standing forward in faith. And the story gets misinterpreted, David, because everybody wants it to be all about David. Oh, look at David, how strong. He's so full of faith. Look what he did, you know, slinging the thing. But David got it. But David's like, whoa, whoa, this ain't about me. Like David's heart all through the scripture, he's known as a man after God's heart. But at the very beginning of his introduction, really, into uh, a, a big role in the, in, the, in the scripture here, David said to the Philistine, you come with me to sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. Then he says this, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, okay? I'm going to experience blessing. The people of Israel will experience blessing today in that God will defend us and protect us, and he's going to get rid of you. But do you see the purpose of the blessing? Do you see that David understands, even before it happens, God's going to bless so that, look at what he says, all of the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. In other words, I get it that I'm going to experience blessing that that we might be a blessing, that the nations may hear of this and come to know that there is a God who works with great power for those who believe. So even here in stories like this, you've got to see God's heart, not just for Israel, but also for the nations. And, and, and out there in beautiful. that field, it's as if David's the only one that said, y'all think this is just a local battle today. David is kind of going, guys, we're doing something global here. Yeah. So that the whole world may know. Yeah. So we're going to jump makes you over. wonder, like in our moments... Um, so all of this is scripture, right? Old scripture. But you've got to connect it to today. Do you see moments like this in your life where you're praying big prayers for God's mighty victory in your life? Do you pray those prayers so that God might be able to be seen through your life as who he is and that that blessing might extend to more than just yourself but to all people that they might know he is God? Amen. In these big moments of faith, do we connect God's heart? We're blessed to be a blessing. And just so we can see this in every book, some people think we're just cherry-picking books. Let's jump over to 1 Kings. And in this one, this is Solomon at the temple. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to him. This is God working our hearts to incline our hearts to you, to walk in all your ways, and to keep your commandments. And he could have finished this so that we will be the most amazing people on the earth, so that we'll always be blessed, so our stock will always be high. And he says, no, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord, Yahweh, is God, capital G, and that there is no other. And this is basically Solomon saying, Lord, bless us so that all the world. So he got it. Yeah. David passed that on to Solomon. And then if you look at chapter 10 of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 23 and 24, we know King Solomon was a, a king who was known for his wisdom. It says King Solomon, Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom, right? He was blessed, no doubt about it. But look at this. And the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. It's working. It's working. <laughs> like, God is doing something, yes, with Solomon, with Israel, but he's bringing them to a point that they can turn around and be a blessing to all nations. Even here, we see the nations. God's bringing the nations to them that they might experience something of who God is and have the opportunity themselves to have a relationship with him. So, um, you know, Solomon he was it. not to boast. No. His opportunity was not to just be like, hey, you know, it's all me. This is so great. I'm so rich. I'm so powerful. I'm so wise. But rather, <laughs> I don't think that's how I talk. But um, 
to point people to God. And I wonder with the blessings that we have, with the skills that we have, many of us have been blessed with so much. I wonder if we connect those things that God has done in our life, those skills that we have received or those blessings we have inherited, and we connect it with, this is not about people coming to know me as somebody great, but rather this is about me being able to showcase the glory of God among all peoples. So that was Solomon's heart. All right. Next book, 2 Kings, this story is really great because now we're getting in, now that things aren't going well with Israel. Why aren't they getting 100% blessing? Because they weren't obeying God. But they were t- God was testing them. And here's Heze- King Hezekiah, and he's surrounded by his enemies. Things are about to be destroyed. What is his perspective? You want to see one of the most amazing prayers in the Bible. You see King Hezekiah, he received this letter from the hand of the messengers, and he read it. And Hezekiah, what is the first thing he did? Does the first thing you do, do you go to prayer? He went up to the house of the Lord, and he spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherub. He begins with worship. You are the God. You alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. He's starting out with worship. He doesn't start out with, oh, we are in a pickle. We need your help. He starts with worship. Next slide. And then he says, truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Once again, he's recognizing this is about worship. This is about who God is and these local deities. So God is in a He's on a mission to show he is the big God for the work of men's hands. Not, that is not the God of Hezekiah. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand. So he's basically, he's getting down to his request. God, save us. What have we been doing throughout this pandemic? Lord, save us, heal us, restore us. Okay? And there's nothing wrong with praying these things. Okay, as we pray for our city, when we pray for our country, there's nothing wrong with praying, God, heal us. But guys, there's so much to learn from what he just says here. He says, Lord, save us. But he's saying it so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. He's basically saying, Lord, is this an opportunity for you to show yourself? As we look at all the problems on the earth, As we look at the problems that are happening in our own country, do we ever back off and look at a global perspective and say, I wonder what God is doing. Mm -hmm. How is he going to get glory? How are more people on the earth going to come to Christ? We're like, no, there's just this crazy virus and it's out of control. No, it's not. It's completely under God's control. And so it helps us as we read the news, read the newspaper, as you hear events, what's God doing? Instead of, oh, Deliver us from this mess. Yeah. And in the epistles, you know, the New Testament, where it's repeated, you know, we're told to pray for these situations that are going on presently, but we're told to do that for the opportunity of the greatest gospel progress, that there might be peace and that the gospel might flourish because God has a heart for all people. And the same is true here. We see it. First Chronicles chapter 16, if you've got uh, the willingness to continue to write down some references, First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 23 and 24, sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Have you ever noticed in the Bible how all of these passages, you know, when we're invited into worship, often worship begins with this global focus. Oh God, you are a great God. Oh God, you're a glorious God. Oh God, you're a God of all people. And, and we're just caught up in, in, in a focus mm-hmm. and a praise of who he is and his Amen. heart for all. All right, another passage in Chronicles from the second book. And once again, this is Solomon. He's praying when a foreigner who was not of your people Israel. Solomon's saying, you can imagine the Israelites. They're sitting there going, oh, have you seen all the foreigners here in town? Have you seen all their, I've smelled their spices. What's this garlic food coming in here? And Solomon's saying, no, no, guys, that's the plan. That's what we've had in mind. So he says, when a foreigner who was not of your people comes from a far country for the sake of your great name, that's why he's coming, and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When he comes and prays towards this house, this temple, hear from heaven your dwelling place, and listen to him, Lord. Do according to all of which the foreigner calls to you. 
in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel. There was something called the court of the Gentiles, and it was a place for the Gentiles to come and pray. Let me tell you, this is something that Israel just wanted to not see, blinded themselves to, and they always got puffed up and thinking it was all about them. And every one of us do it. Every country does it. That's what you mean by nationalism. It's when we begin to think the whole world revolves around us, and all we're about is making ourselves great. And God says, no, 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 it's about making me great. But Israel fell into the same problem. So if we struggle with it, it's a common thing in every people. Yeah. And it would be easy for them to just, uh, what are all these internet, what are all these foreigners being yeah. in, uh, here in Jerusalem? Yeah. And Solomon is saying, no, they're coming. They're invited to come hmm. because they've heard about God. Yeah. Amen. And what I love here is that he's saying, God, would you hear their prayers just like you hear my prayers so that they might know you too. Uh, it's, it's a heart of equality, <laughs> seeing all nations as equal. Psalms. How are we doing? There's 175, 175 references to the nations in the book of Psalms, all right? 175 of them. For instance, like in Psalm 2, verses 7 and 8, where the Lord says, You're my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth mm. your possession. Uh, This is a messianic psalm, ultimately about the coming of Christ. And what he says is, basically, God, you are going to give the nations to Jesus Christ. It's a song, a song that is foretelling the day that that Jesus will come to bring the ultimate redemption work that God would provide, and that redemption work would be for all peoples. Then we have verses like in 67, like in Psalm 67. Actually, we don't get to that yet. Psalm 9, sorry. Psalm 9, where it says, Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the peoples His deeds. This is Old Testament evangelism, you guys. But notice that Old Testament evangelism was not just focused on me, myself, and I, and our people, people who look just like us. It's rather focused on the world. Tell among the peoples. All nations are in mind. Mm -hmm. So in other words, here in the Psalms is God's heart. I want to get news of who I am and what I can do to all peoples. And I want you to be a part of taking that news. All right, Another Psalm 46. Psalm. So Psalm. one that we know pretty well, I think. Yeah, we love the first part. The Lord yeah. of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. We all know that one. Be still and know that I'm God. A lot of people calligraphy that, put it on their walls. Put it know? on their walls, right? Be, and it's, it is. Be still and know that he is God, the number one, the big God. But where's the second half of the verse? But it's usually not knitted on your wall. Uh-uh. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. What is it saying? It's saying, stop your busyness. Stop all your restlessness. Stop your worry, your anxiety. Be still and know who I am. My mission is global, and I'm going to reveal myself to all peoples. So take a, it's not just like you said, be still and just personally know that God loves you. It's also, I'm doing something. And I think that's very encouraging to us when we look and we sometimes think the world is coming unglued. Our country is coming unglued. It's just, the Lord says, be still and know I'm at work. Yeah. I had a moment like this this week. (laughs) Yeah where you just have to shut off the news and stop reading your social media feed and you just sit still in the presence of the Lord and you Mm -hmm. know, remember who He is and remember His sovereignty in all things and remember His grand purpose in all things and trust that He is bringing His intended redemption to all people and just to rest in in Him. Uh, Psalm 67, which we looked at at the beginning, David, you've already talked about this, but, you know, again, here it is. Most people cross-stitch or put on the wall. They make posters out of this. God, be gracious to us. God, bless us. God, make your face shine upon us. And then it stops. That's typically where the posters end. It's just (laughs) all one-way blessing, okay? God wants to bless, but do you see there's a purpose to His blessing? You're blessed to be a blessing so that all people might know that your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among all nations, right? Um, in Israel, there are two bodies of water. There's, uh, there's a Sea of Galilee, and there's also the Dead Sea. And basically, if you compare them, the Dead Sea gets all intake, and then it just sits. 
And most of us know the Dead Sea is not too healthy. Uh, but the Sea of Galilee has an intake and an outtake, right? An outflow. We are to be more like the Sea of Galilee, where we are receiving blessing of God, but then again, we are also turning out that so mm-hmm. that we might be a blessing so that all nations might know. All right. Yep. Isaiah. Yeah. So we're going to have am, to fly through We're going to have to fly. Here. We may just, yeah. It's we okay. could just start looking at these and not necessarily commenting on them if we need to. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. Israel missed it. They missed this. How do we know? Because when we get to the New Testament, they don't like the Samaritans. They don't like the Romans. They're enemies. What are you doing talking to this Roman, Jesus? What are you doing talking to these Samaritans? What are we even doing in this All village? about themselves. Yeah. And they had missed. And Jesus said, and he got mad at the temple. Why was he angry in the temple? This is the temple where you were supposed to be praying for the nations, and instead you're exhorting yeah. this exchange. So, yeah. Let's, yeah. Isaiah chapter 49, a few chapters over, verse 6. He says, is it too light a thing that you should be my servants to raise up the tribes of Jacob and bring back the preserved of Israel? I will make of you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. There it is. It's too limited of a thing for God just to be about one country. It's too limited of a thing for God to be just about one ethnic group or one people. He's saying, look, no, 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 no. Don't you see that this is, this is so much bigger than you? And are, isn't it true for us here in America? If you're an American today, uh, isn't it true for us, right, that we could get caught up in it becoming all about America? Anybody ever heard conversations like that or had a thought like that or heard that in the news, right? There are people who could get caught up in it being all about America or all about the West, but hear God's voice don't you see that it's too small a thing for me just to be about, all about you or all about the West or all about your people? Uh, don't you see that I, I want to, to be about all peoples and I want to, to use your life in your time so that you can be a light for all peoples too? So God, Good. we just need to pray, David, I think, um, for God's forgiveness. You know, because I've struggled like this and I know probably everybody here has struggled with thoughts like this. And even this week, we can struggle with this, and we, and we can receive grace from God when we call out for forgiveness, but, but I pray that God would, would change us so that we not just think, it's, it's like we've got to be against everybody else, because we've got to be for ourselves, because God is not against, He's for all, Amen. and um, He wants us to be too. All right, Isaiah 51. So, give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. Sometimes we think about, does God care about justice, social justice? The answer is yes. But what is it about? It's, a, it's to be a light to the peoples. It's to tell them who God is. So whenever you talk about justice, make sure you're, you're recognizing this is about it should reflect the heart of God. What is God? How does God get glory out of it? Yeah. And, and, and all of what Israel was doing, in, they were to be just. Why are we to be just? Because it's fair and it's better for everybody and it's equal and all that. No, it's so that they would see what God is like. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 6 and 7. The foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain. Look at this, foreigners included. And make of them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. And look at the passage that we know Jesus quotes that day that he got angry in the temple. For my house shall be called a house of prayer mm. for all peoples. Mm. God's people from the beginning was always to be multinational, multi-ethnic, multicultural, conglomerate of people who know and love the Lord, who are called up in who He is and what He's doing in the world. And that's, this is what made Jesus so frustrated the day that He went in and saw His, this was the furthest thing from what it was about. And he was calling people back to a place of repentance and faith where they could once again have a right perspective of God and a right perspective of who they were to be. And I pray that this would be our, our heart as a church, that we would not ever, as a church, just become a house of prayer for one particular people. We've got a lot of work to do, but we can continually grow in understanding God's, God's heart. All right. What do we need to do? 
We can keep going. Let's do a few more. Let's just read them and we'll okay. give the references. Let's, Jeremiah. Let's, yep. Jeremiah 33, 9, a glory before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. Next passage. Ezekiel 36, 23. And the nations will know that I am the Lord. So this is some passage. You're, you're going to see this phrase throughout the whole Old Testament. You're seeing, declares the Lord God. When through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. So what God is saying is, I'm going to discipline you. You have, you have, I'm going to vindicate my holiness. You've disobeyed me. And now because the whole world is watching you and seeing what I'm like, God says, I'm going to have to discipline you like a parent. And you know what? Whether they get blessed and the world sees their blessing or whether they get punished, God is basically saying, I'm going to use you to show the world who I'm like. So if you, you obey me, it's going to go good for you. You disobey me, it's going to go bad for you. This is in the Old Testament, right? And they're going to be sent off and, and, and stuck in exile. And everybody's like, that's so sad for them. But this is God's way of saying, I want the world to know what I am, yeah. who I am. Daniel chapter 7, 13 and 14. A lot of attention goes to Daniel, his faith and his obedience. But Daniel's attention goes to God. To him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and mm -hmm. languages should serve him. Good. Daniel's caught up in a vision of a day that God would bring a redemption that would be available for the world. Next and passage. He's seeing a picture of heaven, really. Jonah, Jonah. chapter 4. Oh, I love this Jonah. passage. Jonah, the, the Jonah. reluctant preacher, right? He, <laughs> is this mine or yours? But if you know. substitute <laughs> David like Iran or yes. Pakistan or one of the nations that we've been programmed to hate as those growing up in America, you, you get it a little bit more, Jonah, yeah, right? Yeah, and God says... You know, I'm going to judge these, you know, and he said, should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, more than 120,000 people? He's looking at Jonah going, you know, Jonah's like, would you just nuke them? Would you be, would you destroy them, God? And God, shouldn't I be sorry? Shouldn't I pity them? And, I, and we have, this is such a, something we have to, we get our own hearts when we look at nations around the world. Do we see them as with us, against us, good guys, bad guys? us, them, the enemy. And we do that even in our own country. Are these with us? Are you with me? And we divide people into enemies. Should I not have pity on them? And then you got to love the end of it. Why do not know? They don't even know their right hand from their left. Come on, do you not have any pity, compassion for the people of Nineveh, Jonah, and also much cattle. I bet you love that. It's like, and there's some animals even there. Even the animals. You want me to wipe the animals Don't out too? Don't you even care about He's the animals? Going, Come on, Jonah. Jonah. Okay. So, but that's showing how hard he is. A true nationalist here. He said, I knew you'd be compassionate on these people and forgive them. So this is, this is convicting stuff. We got to think outside of the way we're programmed to think in our own country with our own political systems. We got to think with the mind and with the heart of God. So next passage. Our last passage is, uh, we'll look at Habakkuk 2.14. Habakkuk 2.14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Amen. As the waters cover the sea. You know, it just turned 2021. What are y'all's goals for 2021? What are your goals? Here's another question. What are God's goals for 2021? God's goals, that the earth would be filled with the knowledge mm -hmm. of the Lord. Amen. Like the waters cover the sea. Malachi, we'll close with this one. Last Malachi, book, last book chapter 1, verse 11, last book. I mean, you, we could go so many verses, you guys. I really could. We could be here for hours, but um, we want you to continue to come back next week. So, for the, from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. Even, you know, he's looking forward to the day of the coming Messiah. And even the promise of the coming of the Messiah is pointed to an opportunity for all nations to experience God. So you remember the Abrahamic covenant, blessed to be a blessing, right? Blessed to be a blessing. Despite their feelings, God's purpose was that he would bless them, that his blessing might come through them to all people. So, so that through them, all the world, all peoples of the world might have the opportunity to know who he is. So, so what do we learn on this Fast tour through the Old Testament. Take a breath. Okay. And let's talk practically. Okay? Let's, we go back to our core truth. And our core truth, as we, we said it, there's a global thread running throughout Scripture. I hope we've proved that to you. Revealing God's grand story of all things and what He's doing, that the nations know the Lord 
and be glad of his salvation. What do we see? We see our God is a missionary God. So important, you guys. So Make we, sure you get this. So are, you know, why do we do missions? Here's your answer. We do global missions. We care about global missions, and we all have to have a part in it. Why? Well, David, you're, you're a missionary. That's your vocation. No. We're into God's heart for the nations because God is a missionary God. God stepped out. God came to earth. God learned our language, right? Jesus came. We just celebrated Christmas. That was God incarnating among, his, among people to take the gospel. What else did we learn? We learned that reaching the nations was God's plan A from the beginning. This wasn't, okay, I'm trying to just save this one group of people, and oh, that didn't work. Okay, I got another idea. Let's go take on the nations. I hope today you go away knowing that is not it. It's been God's plan from the beginning. And once again, we see our theme for today, or our hope for the is that we're blessed to be a blessing. And we see that God's ultimate goal has always been that they would know. So we're blessed that they would know. And um, I, just, in a, just as a personal story for me, I just wanted to say two things why these, this, this, these passages mean so much to me. I was a young man, 19 years old, and I was becoming more convicted about all that I had been given. Yeah. Just growing up in this country, I wasn't born somewhere in Tibet, you know. Uh, I was born right here in Memphis. I was born in America. I had so many blessings, and I was trying to figure out how can I be a blessing. And so once I, I realized that, I think the second thing, I was reading through the Old Testament, Barrett, and I remember coming to those passages in Exodus, and I saw that phrase when God said, I'm about to do all these things and I'm introducing myself to the planet, um, that, that, that all the world may know that I am the Lord. Yeah. And that phrase, uh, you say, is that your calling? Yeah, that's when I got it, and I began to see what David and Solomon and Hezekiah and throughout all the writers of the Old Testament got. So that's my personal journey in missions, is that it began with recognizing I've been blessed, yeah. and then I recognized this is what God's about. Yeah. I in a similar way, but very different. Um, remember the time that I first got it. Um, I grew up in Georgia, which I think is one of the greatest states in the, the mm. country. Uh, but I was a, a purebred Georgia boy. And I love being from Georgia, but my world was pretty small. I'm not going to lie. You know, like the furthest we went was like on a Disney cruise to the port, you know, but it's, you think you're going to another country and now as a an adult, I'm like, wow, that was all very controlled Disney experience. <laughs> like it was like an Epcot in another place. Um, but anyway, that was like, you know, the, the furthest I'd gone. I never forget going to Africa uh, not long after I graduated college and being there, living among the people there, and for the first time, like just realizing the world is so big and there's so much that I just had not ever known. And there's so many people that were just like me that I had never heard of mm -hmm. that were equal to me, but yet so different from me, but also I could just sense uh, God's heart of love and care for them, and I could sense how much He wanted the blessings that had come to me to be a part of blessing them, mm -hmm. and I got awakened to how we in the West sometimes can get so small-minded, and we've got to get more globally-minded, and we've got to see ourselves as a channel for God's blessing to all people. Um, this is it. So when we say as a church that we have this missional mindset, it's so much more than just something we put up on the wall and feel good about ourselves. This really is something that God wants to develop in your heart. And I wonder today, do you have this heart? Do you have a heart that really sees God for who He is and to see His, His worth as being a worth that should be recognized in all the world? And do you have a heart of, of desire to really see Him praised among all people? And do you have a heart to recognize that the blessings that He has blessed you with are really meant to, to be a vessel of extending His blessings so that more and more people, especially people who are not like us, uh, might have the opportunity to know? Yeah. So it's got to be more than just something on the wall <laughs> Amen. It's got to be something that's true of our hearts. And I wanted to this say the point of the month. that I, one of the reasons I really appreciate ICC uh, five or six years ago, I told Barrett, if you really want to see each of a, a whole church 
get awakened to God's heart for the nations, the top leadership have to be all on board. It's got to be in the DNA of the church. It can't just be a segmented little program. Oh, you're interested in the nations, you're interested in God's heart for the nations, or you're interested in missions. Okay, that's that department. Go down the hall, turn to the right. I said, Barrett, it has to permeate everything. And he said, I'm all in. And I, I just wanted to say, I appreciate that. That's how I was invited in, and that's what I'm helping happen here. Well, it's what this says. You know, Global Missions is not a program, it's a purpose. Amen. And that's what it's got to be uh, for us as a church moving forward. All right, as we close, David, I'm, I'm just wondering today, you know, can you help us think about how, to, how does this become practical, right? We've journeyed through all these scriptures, but for us today, what does it look like, like this week, yeah. for us to recognize we're blessed to be a blessing? How do, we, how do we connect with this as a next step? And, you know, I think that's why these life groups that, every, that you need to connect with, this is where you're going to really process this stuff because we've got questions and we want you to start working through this. You can't do all of it right now, but as we sit and briefly, I would just say you think through the ways you've been blessed. You know, in all this, when you read the news, when you read all that's going on, you can, get, you can feel like a victim, you can feel as if life is hard and your life struggles, and we all have struggles we're going through. There are people that have been struggling through this pandemic or whatever you're going through. But you also need to be reminded of how you've been blessed. And Israel always got stuck thinking about, woe is us, woe is us, where are you, Lord? And I think, Barrett, we start out by talking about the ways you've been blessed, spiritually blessed. I sometimes always remind myself, my name is written in the book of life. That's basically winning the lottery every day. Um, I'm going to live with eternity with Jesus. Okay? Let's just start right there. That's amazing when you think about the little short lifespan you have. How have you been blessed vocationally or educationally? Uh, the more I get to know ICC, the more I meet so many of y'all are in these different jobs and vocations. God's given you a mind and an education. What an amazing blessing. Uh, what about how has he blessed you financially? And some of you are saying, not yet, I'm still a student. But, <laughs> but yet, there, we have to keep giving. We have to give to God's mission. And how has he blessed, how has he blessed me um, physically? I mean, you think about, we talk about, oh, it's so hard. I had to wait so long to get a test. Or how long are we going to wait to get a vaccine? And yet, I, we could tell you all about countries around the world that uh, may never get the vaccine, okay, in parts of the world. Uh, our global partner, Glenn, who you've seen, you'll see a video of, I mean, I asked, we asked him, what about the pandemic? What about the COVID over there? And he's like, COVID virus? Get in line. We've got people dying of far more serious diseases, and there's war and HIV. So there's so much that we have to be thankful for. So Barrett, I think it starts by meditating a little bit on where we've been blessed. Yeah. Of course, we want that to lead to what can you do to be a blessing? Yeah. So that's, that's a practical way to yeah. look at it. Well, as we close today, and I would encourage you right now, you know, wherever you are, whether you're online with us or whether you're here in this room, that you would think about um, just starting right now with thinking about how is it that you have been blessed? And I think it's, it's a wonderful thing to actually take stock and take inventory and to sit and think, God, how have you blessed me? And to just to give thanks to Him. You know, we, we have the opportunity to praise God. We have the opportunity to thank God in specific ways for who He is and what He's done. And even that the good news of the gospel has reached us is an incredible blessing. So I think this morning, one of the things we can do is just spend some time in worship and just say, God, thank you for blessing me and name the ways that He has. But also, I think at the same time, we can, we can surrender our hearts and say, God, I want very much to recognize that you have blessed me, that I might be a blessing. And to really think about and just surrender to God why He has blessed me so that I might proclaim of His excellence, excellencies to all people. And uh, today, we can pray that prayer. God, uh, would you just allow me in some way to use my bank account and to use my time and to use my skills and to use um, whatever it is, my passport even. You know, God, would you allow me to take these practical things that you have blessed me with and to turn them over in a way that, God, I'm asking you, I want to be a blessing to all people. I don't want to just be about America. I don't want to just be uh, about my own tribe or my own ethnic group or my own race 
or my own neighborhood, God. I want to be about your global glory. So today we can pray that prayer, and we know God will bless as we pray that prayer because that is His heart. He is desirous to spread His fame to the ends of the earth, and He wants to allow us to be a part. So God, we pray today that we would respond to You as You touch our hearts. Lord, I know that there are many today who are with us that may not have ever even experienced you. And I pray today, God, that they would hear that you are a God of redemption. You're a God of salvation. You're a God who forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. And you are a God who makes all things new. And you've done it, Lord, by your grace in sending your son, Jesus. Lord, there is grace because you live for us, Jesus, that we might have righteousness. You died for us, taking on our sin and our place that we might have forgiveness. You were put in the grave, Lord, that you might die the death that we deserve to die, and you rose again after three days, and you are a victorious king, and you are a giver of new life for all who trust in you. So I pray today, God, if there's anyone here that has never turned from self and sin and put their trust in you, God, that even now your spirit would work in such a way that they would come and receive from you and your grace, that they'd be forgiven and made new. What a blessing. Lord, there are many of us who have been blessed so much, and we often don't stop to say thank you enough. And so hear us now as we stop and just say thank you. And also hear us, Lord, as we cry out to you, God, oh God, forgive us of our selfishness. Forgive us of our ethnocentrism. Forgive us of our nationalism. Forgive us, Lord, of of being small-minded even in the midst of this pandemic and in all that's gone on this week. Lord, forgive us. Help us, Lord, to be still and know that you're God, that you're exalted, among the nations. You're exalted on all the earth. Help us, Lord, to have your heart and to be willing to live out your ways.